Now, how many of you enjoy the Faces series? I've always enjoyed the, you know, the series talking about, you know, these different personal struggles. And we've been in the Faces series now for, for five weeks. Today's the sixth week and we get six weeks or sixth week. And we're going to conclude today. But the last five weeks, we've been talking about you know, the negative emotions of fear and worry and anger and depression and stuff like that. But today I'd like to turn the corner and talk about the face of joy. The face of joy. I'm talking about joy. Now just smile right there. All right. Cause you need to have that right on your life. How many of you know we all need joy, right? You know, I read a startling stat this week that says that uh, they believe that 19 million Americans don't have any joy. They're living their lives without joy. Now, how many of you know that's a tragedy, right? Because in other words, they're living their lives discouraged or they're living their lives depressed. And, uh, you know, I think that, um, that that's not God's will for us, right? And, and you might be in this room today and you might be one of those 19 million Americans that are not experiencing joy in your life. That's why I want to take the time to talk about it. In Philippians 4, if you've turned in your Bible there, there's a verse tucked in the fourth chapter that says this. Philippians 4 and 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Now he's, he, he, he says rejoice. And then he says, by the way, don't miss what I just said. Again, I say rejoice. What does rejoice means? It means to be cheerful. It means to be happy. It means to be joyful and glad. And so he's saying, hey, be cheerful, be joyful. Again, I say, be cheerful, be joyful. Twelve times in four chapters in the book of Philippians, Paul alludes to being joyful. Now, how many of you think if he referred to that often, I think it was important, right? And so, you know, it seems the one thing the apostle Paul wanted the, the Philippian church to get is that they needed to stay in joy. They needed to live with the joy uh, the joy in their life, right? In First Thessalonians chapter 5, that's the other passage that I encourage you to turn to. In First Thessalonians 5 and 16, it says, always be joyful. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. That's God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. To always be joyful, to be continually joyful at all times and in all conditions is exactly what the apostle is trying to get across to us. So here's the real challenge. How do you maintain joy in your life at all times and in all situations? How many of you know that? That's not easy right there. Come on, I need a better amen right there. You know, listen, many people have occasional joy. But not too many people have continual joy. And what the Apostle Paul is getting at is, listen, we need to maintain joy in our life. We need to have continual joy. Right? But is that really possible? Or is that a pipe dream? Is that like pie in the sky? I mean, as Paul hit his head here. Can you really have continual joy in all circumstances and in all situations? Well, why are you depressed? No, just kidding. Just kidding. No, so can you really have joy when you're experiencing great suffering in your life? Can you experience joy when you tragically lose somebody? Can you have joy even if you're going through great trials and tribulations? Is it really possible to maintain joy in your life no matter what? 
Is that, is that something to, to grasp for, to expect in your life as a believer? Well, I think it depends on what would you rely on to be the source of your joy. I think it, I think it really comes down to that. Look at this verse of scripture. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible describes man as a tripart being and says we consist of three separate and individual parts. First of all, you know, he says, first of all, we have a body, which is the physical part and realm that consists of our five senses, sight, taste, touch, smell, and hearing. And so, you know, we have a, we have a body, then we have a soul, and, and the soul is the soulish rim and consists of the mind, the will, and the emotions. And, 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 and then we have a spirit, which is the spiritual realm. So everybody is a tripart being. You have the physical body, you have your soul, and then you have your spirit. Which realm do you rely on for the source of your joy? That's the question. The physical realm, the soulish realm, or the spiritual realm? I personally believe that we can only maintain joy in our life when we rely on joy to come from the center part of our being, which is our spirit being. Amen? And so there are two common substitutes for joy that people tend to rely on for joy, and one is pleasure. That's one of the common substitutes. Many rely on their joy to come from their senses. People are normally joyful when they're doing things that bring them pleasure or physically affect their senses. If it feels good, if it looks good, if it tastes good, if it smells good, or if it sounds good, they're joyful. Their joy comes from the physical realm of the five senses. That's why most of us are joyful when we're on vacation. It's really affecting all those senses, right? And we say, woohoo, yeah, I'm joyful right now. But that joy comes from pleasure, but it's not a lasting joy. It diminishes and ceases to exist as the experience diminishes or cease to exist. And then another common substitute for joy is happiness. This is the joy that is dependent on happenings or happenstances. And so many people's joy is totally dependent on what's happening in their life. If good things are happening, they're joyful. If bad things are happening, they have no joy. The happiness kind of joy is in the soulish realm and is totally dependent on good things to happen in your life for joy to be present. Again, the joy that comes from pleasure and, and, and happiness is not a lasting joy because it diminishes as soon as the happening is over. And so now the vast majority of people in our society, this is what they rely on for joy. They rely on pleasure. They rely on happenings in their life to have joy. But how many of you know those are just substitutes for joy? But then there's the true joy, which is the spiritual joy. And it's the joy that's connected to the physical, or the, that's not connected to the physical rim or the soulless rim. Can you throw up those concentric circles one more time? You see, whenever your joy is dependent on the outer rim, it diminishes. When it's dependent on the soulless rim, it diminishes. But if your joy comes from your spirit, man, if your joy is centered in your spirit, man, that's the spiritual joy that I think can take you to, down the road. Amen? 
Can you really maintain joy in your life? Well, I believe it depends where your joy comes from. It needs to come. It needs to emanate from your spiritual man. And that's what we call the joy of the, the joy of the Lord. How many of you know we need the joy of the Lord? Amen. Now, let me tell you why you need the benefit, why you need the joy of the Lord. Why everybody in this room, you need the joy of the Lord. Let me tell you why. The first benefit is the joy of the Lord is unlimited. It's unlimited. Hebrews 1.9 says, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Now, who is he talking to here? He's talking to the body of Christ. He's talking to the body of believers. He says, I set you above your companions, anointing you with the oil of joy. Anointing means to have the presence and touch of God on your life for a specific, a specific purpose. How many of you know as a believer, the Lord has anointed you and he's anointed you with the oil of joy. Amen. God has touched you with his presence for the, for one of the specific purposes is so that you can have joy in your life. How many of you are believers in here? How many of you are Christians in here? Amen. Listen, I'm talking to you this morning. Amen. The Lord has anointed you. Where does the anointing come from? It comes from the Lord. It's the anointing of the Lord. Let me ask you another question. Does God ever run out of resources? Does God ever run out of power and ability? No. The Lord never runs out of resources, including the anointing of joy. That's why we need our joy to come from our spirit, man, and not from our soulish realm or the physical realm. Amen? Joy that has its resource in pleasure ends when the experience is over. Joy that has its resource in happiness ends when the happening is over. But the joy of the Lord is never ending. Its resources are unlimited, and it'll take you down the road through everything you deal with. John 15, 11 says this, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full, that my joy may remain in you. His joy, listen, remains in us. You get this? Joy remains in us when you're having, when you're having fun and when you're not having fun. When you're good, when good things are happening, when bad things are happening, his joy remains in you. I love that. I love that. So listen, the world can't touch your joy. Come on, your problems can't touch your joy when your resource is in the joy of the Lord. Amen. The joy of the Lord is unlimited. He says that your joy may be full. It can overwhelm you. It can fill you up to overflowing. And other people can experience joy just hanging around you. Come on, how many of you have been around joyful people and you like to be there because it helps you? Amen. In the other case, you know, it's like, well, let's keep going. I've, listen, I've watched believers endure heart-wrenching trials with joy. Uh, you know, I've, I've watched people experience terminal sickness with joy. They never lose their sense of humor, even when they're going through such a, a battle in life like that. How can that be? How can somebody maintain joy whenever they're in such a dire situation? Well, it's because it's where their joy comes from. Because listen, sickness can't touch the spirit man. Amen. Come on now. The joy of the Lord's source is unlimited. It's all powerful and it can get through every circumstance. The joy of the Lord is the presence of God manifested in your life. 
That's what the joy of the Lord is. That's why. What's the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian? The one of them is, one of the benefits is the joy of the Lord. Unlimited joy. Amen. And so whether you get a job or you don't get a job, whether good things happen, whether your ship comes in or it's still out there at sea, you can have the joy of the Lord. Amen. A second benefit of spiritual joy is the joy of the Lord will keep you physically healthy. How many of you think that's true? You know, Proverbs 17, 23 is a powerful verse, and it says this, a joyful heart is a good medicine. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. And so listen, you know, a joyful heart is like taking vitamins. You know, it, it's, uh, it can positively, positively affect your overall health. You know, I think we should eat right. I think we should exercise. We should take care of our, our temple, our body. But sometimes you can be exercised. You can be doing all this stuff and you'd be dying inside because you don't have a joyful heart. But a joyful heart, joyful people are healthy people. Listen, having joy in your life is like taking daily doses of a good medicine every day. Amen. With, listen, with no side effects, no negative side effects. Amen. You know, I love that whenever you, not really, but whenever you listen to TV and uh, watching TV and they got this commercial, if you having this problem or that problem, take this. And the side effects are, you know, they tell you this is going to help you, you know, one ver- one sentence, and then they give you a whole paragraph, and you may have this, and you may have that, and you may have that. It's like, oh my goodness, why would I want to take that if I got to worry about all of this? How many of you know the joy of the Lord is without all those side effects? Amen. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. A broken spirit speaks of, of a depressed or discouraged spirit. And the absence of joy in your life dries up your bones. Now, the Bible talks a lot about bones, but dry bones speaks of a compromise in failing health issues. And so he says, listen, a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a, what does it say? Broken spirit dries up the bones. Now, why is that a problem? Leviticus 17, 14 says, the life of every creature is in its blood. Life is in the blood, right? Where is blood produced in the human body? In the bone, in the marrow of the bone. And so what affects your bones affects your blood, which ultimately affects your life because life is in the what? The blood. So dried up bones is a picture of a compromised immune system, declining health. Medical experts say 80% of physical diseases have their root in troubled minds and depressed emotions. But yet the medical profession also has discovered that nothing helps a person recover from sickness better than a person who has a joyful heart or a joyful spirit. What are they saying? The medical profession is basically... Proving, it's, it's documented that people who have been healed of terminal illness have been healed by watching, you know, all those reruns like the Three Stooges or I Love Lucy and they just laugh and laugh and then all of a sudden they start feeling better and they get healed. The medical profession has, has, has documented this stuff. What are they saying? The bottom line is they've discovered that you can laugh yourself to health. Amen. Come on, smile right now at me to help you. So the medical profession has basically proven what the Bible says. 
a merry heart that's good like medicine. Amen. Why do we need to have a joyful heart? Well, first of all, it gives you strength. How many of you know, you know, listen, you're going to be healthier if you have joy. But a third benefit is the joy of the Lord will strengthen you. It will strengthen you. You know, without exception, a person with the joy of the Lord is stronger. Is stronger than the person without it. Whenever you, when you go through a, a, a discouraging, depressing time, it weakens you. Isn't that true? Come on, everybody in this room has gone through enough depressing, discouraging times to know, man, when you go through depression or discouragement, it weakens you. And that's why Nehemiah said, Nehemiah 8.10, he said to them, go eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not be, do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is your the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, I know through personal experience that nothing strengthens you like having joy in your life. Amen? Now, listen, you know, even a little bit of good news will strengthen you, right? I mean, you can be having a lot of things bad. Just a little a liner of hope can give you joy, right? But nothing strengthens a person's life like having joy. And so why we need the joy of the Lord? It'll cause you to have strength to get through your spiritual battles. The more joy you have, the stronger you'll be, and the more you can face the spiritual battles. And by the way, if you're a Christian, you can experience spiritual battles. You can't get out of it, folks, right? So we need joy. Come on, how many of you need some right now? How many of you say, man, I need some of that right now? The joy of the Lord is your strength. But you know what? It also helps you get through your trials and tribulations of life. The more joy you have, the stronger you'll be. And then Nehemiah understood this. He understood the value of having joy. And so whenever they found the scrolls and they were reading from the book of Ezra or whatever, and they were reading the scroll, they wanted to get depressed and discouraged. And he said, no, it's not time for that. He said, listen, don't be grieved. You need to be encouraged. You need the joy of the Lord. He understood the power of the joy of the Lord. He's the one that said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, how many of you know we need the joy of the Lord in our life? We need it, folks. We need the joy of the Lord in our lives. That's why it's important that we know the God that we serve, that he's a loving God. He's a merciful God. He's not a condemning, judging. He's not a God that's waiting for you to mess up so he can knock you over the head. How are you going to serve a God who you feel is just after you? You need to get a vision of the Lord that he's a loving, kind God. He's for you. He wants you to win. And you need to be excited about serving him because if you love the Lord, you want to serve him. And if you can serve Serve the Lord with joy. You're going to have strength in your life. Amen. Come on. How many of you need strength today? Nehemiah, don't be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's your strength. James, remember James said in James 1 in verse, uh, verse 2, he said, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. What has James said? If you can maintain your joy, consider it all joy. He's trying to keep the person in joy when they go through various trials because he said you're going to be strong if you maintain the joy of the Lord in your life. Amen. If you maintain your joy, you'll have supernatural strength in your life. Now, so why do I say all that? We need to know the value of joy and we need to do everything we can to get it and we need to do everything to keep it. Amen. You know, another, I, I'm not going to take time to deal with this, but legalism will kill your joy, right? 
Legalism will kill your joy, right? And that's what, that's what uh, the Lord was talking to the Galatians about. Let's, let's talk about how do you cultivate joy in your life? You know, what, you know listen, let, let me just stop to say, you know, we have different temperaments and personalities, you know, that, and some people are melancholy and, you know, some people tend to be more like gloomy and other people more joyful. It's like, you know, they open their eyes and there's a smile and, you know, isn't that sad? Don't, don't you... Isn't that terrible? <laughs> but listen, I want to tell you, regardless of your personality style, the Lord wouldn't say to get a hold of this if it, it hinged on your personality style or type, right? So whether you're melancholy, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, you're choleric or whatever it is. Come on, how many, how many of you know everybody can have the joy of the Lord? Come on, I need you to say amen to me right there. Everybody can have the joy of the Lord. So the first, listen, to cultivate the joy of the Lord in your life, first, you have to choose to live a joyful life. You know, listen, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice means to choose to be cheerful, joyful, and happy. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16 says, be joyful always. Now listen, be joyful means at all times and in every situation. And so listen, these are not scriptural suggestions. These are scriptural commands. So in other words, I believe what he's saying is, listen, gang, we got to work at this. We got to work at this. And, and, you know, the bottom line is there's there, you know, the Lord commands us to be joyful so that we, so he's telling us, choose to be joyful. Galatians 5, you know, talking about the legalism and stuff, Galatians 4, 15 says, he said to the Galatians, what has happened to all your joy? What has happened to it? Some of us have lost our joy. We've lost our ability to laugh. We've lost our sense of humor. We're taking life and ourselves way too serious. We've given in to grief and discouragement. Come on, is anybody hearing me out there? You know, I like what Brother Larry says. Smile as often as you can. Laugh as often as you can. Because there will be a time when you wish you could do either. Life will be full of depressing, discouraging times, so we need to work at smiling. Come on, y'all listen to me today. We need to work at smiling. Come on, we need to work at smiling. We need to work at laughing. We need to work at being joyful, amen. Come on, life is so heavy. Life is so serious. So man, just take a a moment. We need to be reminded that the Lord desires for us to be joyful. He he doesn't want us to be, you know, sour, uh, sour sour-faced. You know, he doesn't get glory when we walk around like we ate a bunch of a bag of lemons. Come on, y'all help me preach this morning. Amen. It's his will that we're joyful. And so we need to choose to be joyful. Amen. If you got that, say, I got that. Come on, just help me. Just smile a little bit. Come on. Listen, your emotions react to even when you smile, your body responds because you're choosing. Look, there's a lot of bad stuff out there, but I'm going to smile. Amen. I'm I'm just going to be happy. The second way to cultivate a life of joy is to steer clear of joy's thieves. How many of you know there's joys, there's joy thieves out there, right? Um, One of the thieves is unconfessed sin. And and David experienced this. I just, (laughs) I said that word, that, that S-I-N word, and it got quiet. So, but isn't it true, gang? You know, how many of you know Jonah lost his joy when he was in the belly of that fish with seaweed wrapped around his head? Why was he in the belly of the fish? 
He was in rebellion. He was in sin. David lost his joy when he sinned with Bathsheba. And, and one of the first things that he recognized in, in Psalm 51, in his, his Psalm of Repentance, he said in verse, two, in verse 12, to the Lord, he said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. What was he saying? He's saying, listen, man, rebellion against God will cause you to lose your joy. And see, we can't, you see, listen, we can't live in disobedience to God and expect to maintain joy in our life. It's a thief, right? Psalm 20, uh, 32 and, and 3, David said, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. But verse 5 says, I conf- finally, I confessed all my sins. I stopped trying to hide my guilt. And I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion. And what happened? All this guilt was gone and joy was restored. Amen. Amen. It's a thief. Here's another thief. Another thief of joy is hanging around the wrong people. I'm going to let that set in for a while. You got you to gotta watch who you hang around with because, listen, gloomy, negative, critical, judgmental people will steal your joy. Come on, it make you want to jump off the cliff, right? And so, listen, 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. It'll mess you up, right? And so you got to be careful. You got to be careful about, listen, at work, you got to be careful who you hang around with because they, you know, they, they pull you down. You know, listen, some people are not satisfied that they don't have any joy. They want to take yours. Come on. And the enemy will use other people to try to get your joy because the enemy knows the joy of the Lord is your strength. So he'll try to use whatever and anybody he can to steal your strength. Come on, just decide right now. You're not getting my joy. Come on, just, t- just decide right now. Listen, if you ain't got nothing good to say, I'm going to talk to somebody else. Now, don't leave your marriage. I, I don't know. That, that was a prompting of the Lord right there. I don't know. But isn't it true? Isn't it true that whenever you get around cheerful people, it's easier to be cheerful? It's easier to be happy when you're around joyful people. And so let's not you and I be those gloomy, negative, critical, judgmental type people. Let us be the ones that the first one to smile in the morning when you walk in the office. Amen. Come on. We should have a smile on our faces if we got joy in our heart. Right. Okay. So. So number one, what's the first way you cultivate joy in your life? Choose it. Make a decision. I need to lighten up. I need to be joyful. There's a, there's a lot I can be sad about and, 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 you know, negative about, but I'm choosing to be joyful today. The second thing is steer clear of joy's thieves. Watch where you hang out. Watch, watch who you rub elbows with. And then the third thief, or the third way, rather, to cultivate joy in your life is to cultivate a relationship with Jesus. I know it's like, duh. Oh, thank God you finally got to that point. But how many of you know that it's easier said than done? And sometimes it can be so simple and basic that we miss it. Where does true joy come from? From the Lord. It's the joy of, that's what Nehemiah said, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's not your joy, it's his joy. Right? It's not my joy, it's his joy. 
You can't have joy of the Lord without cultivating a relationship with Jesus. Why? Because that's where joy comes from. You can't get the joy of the Lord just by attending church. You can't get the joy of the Lord just by praying this prayer somewhere. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. I want to go to heaven. Lord, pray, bring me there. No, you got to cultivate a relationship. And this is what, this is what Jesus said. John 15, 11. I have told you these things that you may be filled with my joy. So your joy will overflow. So I can fill you with my joy. The Lord wants to fill us with his joy to the point that it overflows. Not just give us enough joy for ourselves, but so others can get a little happy around this. Amen. And so Psalm 1611 says, you will make me to you. You will make known to me the path of life. And in your presence is the fullness of joy. Where is it at, gang? In your presence is the fullness of joy. That's why we should desire to be in the presence of God. Because it's in the presence of God that his joy comes. Amen. You know, I talk to people and uh, they lost their joy and they're depressed. And I'll ask them, hey, listen, have you been spending time reading your Bible? Have you been spending time in prayer? Have you been spending time in worship and just getting alone with God? And they'll say no. Well, if you want the joy of the Lord and you want that depression from the enemy to get off of you, you get in the presence of God and the enemy won't stay there. He won't stay in the presence of God. He don't like the presence of God. You find yourself a place in the refuge of the Lord and the enemy's going to go take a hike somewhere. He's going to go look for somebody else to harass because in the presence of God is the fullness of joy. The more presence you have, the more joy you have. Amen. Come on, do you have his joy? Come on, you have your joy. If you have his presence, you have his joy. You can't experience the fullness of God's joy if you're not willing to spend time in his presence. You know, someone said this, and it's so profound. True joy is not in the absence of problems, but the presence of God. True joy is not in the absence of problems, but in the presence of God. So we need to be reminded the joy of the Lord that kind of joy that you can maintain even when you go through difficult times, when tragedies happen in your life. How, how can somebody maintain joy when they bury a loved one, whenever they, they, their world is falling apart? How can someone maintain joy? Well, their resource is not in their pleasure and it's not in their happenings. It's not in happenstances. It's in the spirit of God and the spirit of God can live in you and through you regardless of where you are and what you're going through. That's the joy that you can maintain. Amen? Does that make sense? You know, I, I just, you know, you think about like Paul and Silas, you know. Uh, he, he, they learned to cultivate the presence of God and maintain the joy of the Lord. And you remember whenever they were, um, they were in prison. And, and you know, the, like 
just before that, one of the other guys lost their head. And here they find themselves in prison. They're, the apostle Paul, you know, it wasn't like he was like, you know, he was born in a rich family and everything was given to him on a silver platter. And he didn't have any trials and tribulations. Like he got stoned, like rocks thrown at him till he was almost dead. Like he, he you know, he, he just got beat, you know, several times. He, he floated out there in the sea with possible, you know, thinking, okay, a shark's going to come and eat me just any moment. I mean, the guy went through, you know, all these horrific trials and tribulations. And he says, rejoice in the Lord. What? So he's not saying something to us like, like, you're not being realistic, Paul. Rejoice in the Lord always? Really? Yeah, really. Because it's the only way you're going to get through what you're going through. You've got to maintain your joy. And you remember they found themselves in prison one day. And this is what the Bible says in Acts 16, 25. It says about midnight, Paul and Silas, they're in prison. And by the way, it's not like the kind of prisons we have. They don't have square meals where he was at, right? And so the Bible says Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a, such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. Now, Paul's in prison, but he's, the Bible says that he was praying and singing hymns to God. What was he doing? I think he was cultivating the presence of God in his life. Now, listen, it's not good enough to be a church-going person. I mean, great if we go to church. I mean, that's, you know, Sabbath day, keep it holy. But gang, we got to get beyond just going to church. See, we got to get beyond. Listen, I was, I, I did religion for a long time, but I'm telling you, religion doesn't do it. You got to cultivate relationship. You got to, you got to get your roots down deep. If you want the joy of the Lord, it doesn't come by just by, you know, darkening the doors of a church. Amen. It doesn't come by wearing a cross around your neck, wearing a Christian t-shirt. You got to cultivate a relationship with Jesus till you feel the presence of God in your life. And when you feel the presence of God in your life, that's when the joy of the Lord starts bubbling out. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And when the rivers start flowing in your life, circumstances didn't change, but joy changes. Amen. And all of a sudden the joy of the Lord comes on you and you're just ready to go bear hunting with a switch. Amen. Amen. Are y'all with me? Come on. How many of you got the joy of the Lord this morning? Come on. We need the joy. Let's choose joy. Come on. Stand with me. Let's choose joy. Come on. Let's decide this morning. Are we going to, we going to have the joy of the Lord? Come on. Let's, let's, some of us might have lost our joy, but let's go get it back. Come on. Let's go get it back. Amen. Come on. It's yours. If you're a believer, the joy is yours. Amen. But now listen, come on. Just bow your head with me for just a moment. Some of you, maybe you haven't experienced the joy of the Lord because you haven't cultivated that relationship. You can't have the Lord's joy till you surrender to the Lord, till you give your life to the Lord. You see, the enemy will be happy and content with you just going to church as long as you don't choose to surrender your life. He'll be content with you to come to church 
As long as you're not surrendered to him, you could be like Jonah in the belly of a whale and, and, and coming to church, but still be in, in, in resisting the Lord. But the Lord says, man, whenever you cultivate a relationship with me, I'm going to fill you with my joy. And some of you, you've never heard anything like this. You've never heard such thing. And But today, the Lord sent you here. You're in this building today because the Lord wanted to encourage you. He wants you to know that he loves you and he's got a better life for you. And he wants you to have strength in your life. He wants you to have health in your life. He wants you to have the, the, the power of his joy in your life. But you got to first surrender. You got to first surrender. You got to first give your life to him. So if you're here today, just, just close your eyes with me just a moment. If you're here today, you know whether you've surrendered, whether you've given your life to Him, whether you're a Christian or not. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, would you just do me a favor and just be bold enough to acknowledge that because I want to pray with you because today can be the change of your life. Just raise your hand and say, Todd, would you pray for me? I want to be a Christian. I'm not sure that I'm one, but today I want to be one. Just raise your hand, raise it high, keep it up there so I can see it because I don't want to leave anybody out because there you go. Thank you, sir. Thank you for being so bold. Don't let the enemy steal you of the joy of your salvation this morning. Anybody else, just raise your hand. Way back here, thank Thank you. Thank you for being bold. Listen, if you feel that you know the your heart is just getting touched by the presence, just respond and say, Lord, that's me. That's just an indication that the Lord's going after you and he's saying, you're mine. I want you to be a part of my, just raise your hand one more time. Just raise your hand. Come on, the, come on, the Lord is snatching souls right now. Come on, let's pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me, for my sins so I can be forgiven and I can have eternal life. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for sinning against you. I repent. I want to live the Christian life. Would you forgive me? And would you empower me to live for you? That's the decision I want to make today. But I need you to help me. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me into your family. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now listen, those of you that raised your hands, there's a card like this in, in, in the pew with a green line that says, I made a decision. Fill that out. Bring it into the lobby. We have a Bible for you if you need it. Just a few little tools and gifts to just help you get started in the greatest journey you'll ever embark on, the spiritual life. Amen. Now for the rest of us, come on, let's take a moment. Come on, just lift your hands. Come on, let's just open up our heart. Come on, let's just, come on, let's just receive the joy of the Lord. Come on, let's just receive. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Come on, let's just receive. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The joy, your joy will be my strength. Your joy. Come on, let's ask the Lord to break oppression. Come on, some of us, maybe we've lost our joy. Come on, let's get it back. Come on, it's in your belly. Come on, it's like a, you know, the old time pumps. It's like the old time water pumps. You just start pressing the pump. You just start pressing the pump. Nothing seems like it's changing, but you just keep pressing the pump. And then all of a sudden, it might even get a little bit harder for a moment. But then all of a sudden, the water starts flowing out. The water starts flowing out. Come on, let's just begin to praise Him. Let's just prime the pump. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Come on, focus. Focus right now and just praise Him. Say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I bless you. Lord, I praise you. I worship you. Come on, let's do like Paul.
Paul and Silas. Lord, we, we, we declare your goodness. We praise you. We bless you. We worship you. We honor you. We glorify you. Spirit of the living God, come and fall afresh. Come on. Let's worship. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Thank you, Lord. In your presence is the fullness of joy. Joy, 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 joy. I break oppression. I declare, listen, morning may be for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes. Joy comes. Joy comes. Come on. Right here this morning. Joy comes. Some of you have been mourning for many nights, but the joy, the joy of the Lord. Come on, declare it. Grab a hold of it right now by faith. You've been mourning, but the joy of the Lord. Let's come on. Let's grab a hold of it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Thank you, Father, that you're filling this room with the joy of the Lord. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We bless you. Come on, give him praise. Come on, give him praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. Come on, declare it. In the name of Jesus, we bless you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. We honor you, Lord. You are worthy of praise. You're worthy of glory. Now just take a deep breath and just receive the joy. I believe the Lord is breaking grief off of somebody, depression off of somebody, discouragement off of somebody. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, let's come on, let's just take a moment. Come on, some of you, listen, you came here, you came here heavy, and you're gonna leave here light. You came here discouraged, you're gonna leave here encouraged, you came here depressed, you're gonna leave here, you're gonna leave here with joy. Thank you, Father. I believe that the Lord is looking after his word, right? now and he's breaking something in the spirit realm. Come on, just help me pray right now. I believe that the Lord told me this morning that he was going to break the spirit of mourning over somebody today. He said, my joy comes in the morning. Today's morning. Today's morning. Today's enough. Come on, come on. Enough is enough is enough. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just smile right where you are. Come on, just smile and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be heavy. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have a sense of humor. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh again. Praise you, Father, for touching your people today in the mighty and the strong name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody that agreed shouted and said, amen, 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 amen. Don't let the devil mess with your joy. Hang on to it and cultivate it in the presence of God. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here to pray. If not, God bless you. You have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll see you soon.